Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession, looking at Article 2. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Wickey. Awesome. We are here. We are alive. We are not exactly practicing social distancing we're, we're, right now. We're, we're distanced. I mean, we're... <laughs> we're <laughs> tell anybody. Yeah. Right. Before we get arrested. Yeah. We're about yeah. three and a half feet apart. Yeah. yeah. Just don't spit. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that never happens while we're talking, right? <laughs> uh, I only want to talk about the Trinity and I get excited, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. It, it's an amazing thing. This is going to be, this episode is going to be airing about three weeks after recording, uh, after we're recording it, mm-hmm. where we are at now... Versus right. where we were at three weeks ago. Right. Is it's we're in a different universe right now. I can't even begin to imagine where we're going to be three mm-hmm. weeks from right now. I did, there's no way of putting this together. It's just a really strange time mm-hmm. to be alive. It's a really strange time for the church. There's a lot of yeah. really positive things going on, a lot of content <laughs> being released, right. a lot of churches live streaming, you know, doing the efforts yeah. they need to do to feed their congregations. Yep. But we were just talking but as off pastors, air. we, yeah. we oh, hate it. It's hard. I, I never, ever want to record another video again as long as I mm-hmm. live, and it's only starting. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on, and, you know, as we sit here, yesterday was announced by the Minnesota governor about the two-week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have know, a shelter in place starting yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, right? so, you know, I pray that when this airs, it's over. And we can look back. (laughs) Whatever, whatever the case might be, stay safe, stay healthy, people. Don't Mm -hmm. take unnecessary risks. uh, Binge, binge all of our old episodes. Yeah, yeah. after you listen to this episode, disinfect your phone or your stereo. (laughs) It Uh, doesn't pass through wiring. I'm just want to let you know that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) better be safe than sorry. Exactly. (laughs) And I hate to bring this up, but today was going to be the opening day for baseball. No, no, too soon. Hashtag too soon. Yeah. It's our hearts are hurting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so upset. <laughs> I will say it, it is the the availability of old sports broadcasts has been life saving at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to like replay some sports games just to do it. Yeah. You well, know, there, yeah. there, there's, there's different things if you want to follow. There's people doing sports simulations and mm-hmm. broadcasting that, and it's, you know, it, it's simultaneously PlayStation games. Yeah, <laughs> it's simultaneously very pathetic and very encouraging. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, good. on that note, yeah, right? What are we talking about today? Yeah, we are we're jumping back into the Augsburg Confession, and this is uh, the start of a new round of episodes. We usually do them in four parts. Uh, we're walking through each article of the Augsburg Confession and and the, the apology and the apology. And last time uh, we've been talking about the Trinity. The first article, Brian is rejoicing, was rejoicing, still glowing after talking about the the Trinity. Yep, it's all good. Yeah, and, and today we're jumping into Article Two uh, of the Augsburg Confession, and I think I'll just read that for us, and we can start discussing and, and talking. So. Uh, pull up your chair, grab your book of Concord, and if you have a fire in your house, if that's <laughs> never mind. Okay, all right. <laughs> Article two of original sin. This is a reading from Book of Concord dot dot org. It says this. Also, they teach that since the fall of Adam, all men begotten in the natural way are born with sin. That is, without the fear of God, without trust in God. 
and with concupiscence, favorite theological Yeah, we're going to be word. talking about that. Yes, and that this disease or vice or of origin is truly sin, even now condemning and bringing eternal death upon those not born again through baptism and the Holy Ghost. They condemn the Pelagians and others who deny that original depravity is sin and who, to obscure the glory of Christ, Christ's merits and benefits argue that man can be justified before God by his own strength and reason. All right, that's Article 2 of the Augsburg Confession. Yeah, really good stuff there. I really mm-hmm. love the very mm-hmm. succinct and yeah. ordered definition of what it means to be born with sin. They just rattle mm-hmm. off a really nice list for us to start building from. Yep. means you're born without the fear of God, yep. without trust in God, and with the inclination to sin. Mm-hmm. That's what the definition concupiscence. of concupiscence is. Yes. And Say it three times fast. Concupiscence. Yeah, right. oh, careful with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that is probably... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one distinction that we should focus on between Roman Catholic theology and mm-hmm. Lutheran theology is that in Roman Catholic theology, this inclination to sin, mm-hmm. this concupiscence is not sinful. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the framework of mm. who humans are. In Lutheran theology, uh, concupiscence itself, the desire to yeah. sin, is, is sin itself. Yep. And that explains really how Oof. both paths diverge from this point. Because yep. the Roman Catholics you know, claim that they uh, have a doctrine of original sin, and, mm-hmm. and to some extent they do. But the Lutherans will, will kind of will shake our heads, and it's, it's not enough. It's not a complete mm-hmm. understanding of our depravity right. of our sinful nature. And it leads to that, no, I haven't sinned today. You're thinking oh, of yeah. just, just the outward sinning that, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, the whole holiness movement that mm-hmm. kind of sprung out of the Azusa Street revival, and it might have existed before then, but yeah. just the idea that you can be sanctified enough to the point where you stop sinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just let's just say denial. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. it's in, in, in what you're talking about there, again, those who would kind of trash or throw shade at mm-hmm. theology, uh, as we go back and look at the development of theology through history and look at the Reformation, the issues that necessitated the confession of the Lutherans are still issues today. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Protestant church in America isn't allowed to just write off the Reformation and say that was 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. All of these issues are still contemporary and they've crept back into the church. And we've noted several times in the past, many of these dom- denominations who kind of more or less exist to be not Roman Catholic, uh, a lot of the the basis or the foundation of what they are actually confessing mm-hmm. ends up being closer to Roman yeah, Catholic right. than they would ever imagine. Isn't it mm-hmm. ironic? It is. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alanis. Shout out to Alanis Morissette. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. Did not expect to be quoting Alanis Morissette on a theological no. podcast this you morning. You just never know what up. you're going to get when you... Because it's kind of like it. rain yeah, right. <laughs> no, on your wedding day. No, oh, boy. Oh, anyway. But, you know, the, on the flip side then, you know... Uh, uh, the opposite aspect of the the holiness things so that you can get sanctified to where you don't sin. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that believe that well, children are innocent; they're born yep. innocent, mm-hmm. and and with the inability to sin. And um, the one question I ask a lot of people that would that might have that argument is that I didn't teach my 
my kids how to be naughty. Mm -hmm. I taught them how to be good. And if you don't believe in original sin in children, you don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and, and, you can have that argument with people and they'll just walk it back. Well, two or three, well, but not infants. The, The evidence of sin... In infants is that infants die. Yeah. That we have stillborn yeah, right. births. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's 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 a morbid kind of wages know, of sin is death. A heavy yeah. thing to talk about. But you know, we had the chant with communion, is mm-hmm. means is yep. with the body and blood. If you take is Romans is. Romans three twenty three, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. All means all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yep. remind my congregation of that. I it's kind of tongue in cheek, but they they think it's cute, and where I'll say, you know what that word mm-hmm. "all" means in the Greek? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it means all, right? Yeah, and that that makes me think of the the hymn of where the line that says "far as a curse is found," yeah, and thinking of the depths of Joy our to the our, world, yeah, the depths of our our sin nature goes even to the inclination of the. I love that word concupiscence. I just yeah. Uh, yeah. I love any time I get a chance to teach that to people. Uh, that that's a great theological word. I think maybe a good starting point when in talking about original sin, in, in starting that conversation, is to say that mankind on our own, each individual person, our default position is not neutrality with God. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the, the world absolutely gets that wrong. People who are, are not actively confessing doctrine get that wrong if you, if you, you know, walk out onto the street and find a random person and just set them there in front of you, that person is not, not at a place of neutrality with no. God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not how it works. Mm. It's apart from the Savior, we are bent away from God and bent toward evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even you know, looking inward, I mean, our our gut reaction is selfishness, mm-hmm. really. Yep. Mm-hmm. If we're really honest about things, yep. you know, even after Christ, it's like dying to that selfish flesh daily, and just continually returning to the foot of the cross. Yeah, right. The the daily drowning of the old man and rising in new newness of life. Yep. And and here's a point too. We also have to establish, and we'll get to this eventually when we get to the formula of Concord in 37 years. <laughs> Uh, but uh, to say that man is has a sinful nature, that we are wholly corrupt and mm-hmm. bent towards sin, is not to say that God created the sinful nature. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the first article of the formula of yep. Concord. Yep. And what we're talking about is a thorough corruption of what God mm-hmm. has created to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we cannot fall off the horse in the other direction. You know, for those who would want to give mankind credit or or talk about our innate goodness, we can't fall off the horse in the other side of things and say that God has created sin. We cannot make God to be the author of sin. This is. Our responsibility, this is our fault, and the first sin that mm-hmm. Adam committed so thoroughly permeated us with sin as you cannot distinguish mm-hmm. the creation of God from this corrupted old nature. Well, even the earth, as it says in Romans 8, is groaning to be restored. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as we were quarantined and are, maybe still, <laughs> we groan <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we want it our way, there's just that natural sin nature that pokes at literally every aspect of our life. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. You you know, I, I kind of have this visual concept of seeing how all the truths of the catechism lay out. Mm-hmm. The, the doctrine of original sin uh, finds its home at the first commandment, 
and it uh, permeates the creeds, mm-hmm. and and it's it's bubbling right under the surface of the entire Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. It's this everything we are confessing positively about theology is often flowing uh, from what God has done because of our sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the practical part. Uh, of our application for something like this, in light of what Christ has done, of course, is to to allow our hearts to be open to the extravagant nature of his grace. Mm-hmm. When we start to really honestly see the depravity and the mm-hmm. sin that exists within our hearts, and we, right. I think as you get older, you're a little bit more honest about it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a little yeah. bit more present, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, that's the blessing of of getting older. The, the redeeming aspect of understanding and seeing your sin mm-hmm. in a more accurate degree and yeah. in a more in a greater degree is to allow God to expand your view of His right. grace, His mercy, and the incredibly in, I don't I don't know what I can't think of a big enough word or adjective uh, the greatness of Christ's atoning sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's um yep. it's it's inexhaustible and it's eternal. Yeah. And that's just an extraordinary thing. And I think as believers, mm-hmm. we kind of get used to hearing that. And I think it's good for us to be reminded mm-hmm. and have that freshness like, oh, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. look at all this. Look at all the yep. sin that he paid for. You know? Yeah, I know. And I think for me personally, as the word cuts deep into my heart, exposing my sinful desires, that even that cutting a channel into my heart is is an opportunity for the gospel to flow there. Yes. And well, that's such a healing balm, yeah. uh, even to the deepest. And, yeah. And that's really the base method, a message of the Lutheran confessions mm-hmm. is this, uh, the importance of the primacy of the gospel yeah. and that, that the gospel is repeatedly proclaimed and applied mm-hmm. even to believers. We, yep. you know, we've, we've kind of fallen into this trap in the American church that absence of a sin is victory over that sin. Mm. And, you, mm. you know, mm. if you if you think about purity culture, especially we're men here and yeah. pastors, yep. you, you have this uh, kind of concept that rooting out lust or rooting out pornography mm-hmm. or whatever in our life, you, you, you hear testimonials that, and, and I had victory finally over that sin. And, you know, original sin does not let us go there that, Victory over a sin is only found in Jesus Christ on the mm-hmm. cross and with the empty tomb. Absence of a sin isn't victory over a sin. Even if we could root out a bad habit in our lives, whatever yeah. that might be, we're still just as sinful before Absolutely. God as if we had never done that. Mm-hmm. The good thing is it is proof that God's working. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you look back, I look back, you know, 10 years ago and, you know, all of a sudden, wow, I don't do that anymore. I don't do it as much. Mm-hmm. You know, I may still do it, but... Like you said, at the core, we're still lost without Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's, yep. you can't like, it's, no, there's no stairway to heaven. <laughs> yeah. There's no Jacob's ladder that we can climb. It is all yep. based upon Christ and mm-hmm. it is only his work mm-hmm. that saves us. Do you guys want to talk about Pelagianism in this? Pelagius. Kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we can talk about Pelagianism a little bit because of how evident it is in the church. You mm-hmm. know, it's this concept Pelagius was a British monk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so sure you have to say everything in a British accent. Yeah. He, he went, out. <laughs> and, uh, I can do some accents terribly. I can't do British at all, but I'm sure everything he said sounded very prim and proper and yeah. was very interesting. <laughs> uh, but what he taught uh, as a British monk and a bishop was that man is able mm-hmm. to obey God's law without the aid of grace. Mm-hmm. At all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that means man's able to save himself 
his main opponent in the church was St. Augustine or Augustine. Uh, and he was finally and ultimately condemned as a heretic by mm-hmm. the Council of Carthage in the early 5th century. Mm-hmm. Now, that's it's all good trivia to know, but what many don't realize is this, this kind of Still, like, it, you know, insidious heresy, yeah. uh, Pelagius... Uh, put his mark on the church for all time, and really, Pelagianism is one of the great deceptions of the mm-hmm. uh, of the devil. Is that for our salvation, we are working either alongside of God, which that has been labeled semi-Pelagianism, mm-hmm. or we are working without God's help at all. So this kind of kicks against synergism a little bit, or into mm-hmm. that a little bit, where we cooperate in like in, in partial Pelagianism or whatever you called it um, is where we're cooperating with God's grace and we're kind of bringing something mm-hmm. in the mix. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of people that I've heard talk about this, they'll say, well, of course Jesus has paid it all, but, but it's still, yeah, yep. but yeah, it's still me deciding or me choosing or any, any qualification of the gospel is death to mm-hmm. the gospel. It's the passage I'm preaching on this upcoming Sunday is Romans 8, 1 through 11. Mm. The first verse is, there is therefore now yeah. no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yep. you want to know what the word no means in the Greek? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's but right. any qualification dulls that statement to the extent that it is no longer effective. It is no longer comforting. Mm-hmm. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus, but you need to do this or accept this or not from this perspective. The gospel proclamation there is absolute. Mm-hmm. It is in total. It is objective and it is completely outside of our influence whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe instead of a but, we could say, and now we have the privilege in the freedom of Christ mm-hmm. Jesus to apply the gospel to our life and love our neighbors ourselves. Well, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's where, you know, we, we talked about what happens if we talk about eliminating sin from our life and improving ourselves, you know, developing the virtues, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking at living a moral life. Well, the first thing we need to distinguish as Christians is the difference between justification and sanctification, mm-hmm. right? In justification, that's where we have this concept of divine monergism. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is the only one at work in our lives, and he's the one who's saving us from our sin. Because again, because of original sin and the actual sins we commit, we are so depraved, we are so in need of salvation that we've essentially killed ourselves. That's Ephesians 2.1. Mm-hmm. We are dead in our trespasses and sin. We can't save ourselves. We can't improve ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can't get on God's good side. God alone does the work of salvation. When we talk about uh, sanctification, God is still doing the work. He is still doing the sanctifying, mm-hmm. but he is working on our will to the extent that there we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit. There we can practice mm-hmm. that will and, and exercise you know, discernment and, and you know, say no to temptation mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, but... That has no place in justification, and and to to put that in the justification yeah. is to yeah. deny the doctrine we're talking of about original, original sin, sin. Yeah. and it is to to write Christ out of the picture altogether. Because even if you say, well, we're cooperating with Christ, we're meeting Christ, even just a little bit away, eventually what that will be is that we don't need, yeah, we don't need Christ at all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where we end up. 
Hmm. And that's why I love that picture in John 15, which I know I come back to a lot, but it's such a beautiful picture that Christ gave us himself, you know, that he is divine and we are the branches and just continually understanding that we are totally independent upon the nurturing sustenance that comes from Christ Jesus alone, Mm -hmm. even to bear biblical fruit. Yep. Yeah. I think as we close, there's one last topic that we can talk about, and then we'll really lay out the biblical outline mm-hmm. of original sin next week. But the, there's always this objection, there's always this question to, well, if we're not capable of doing anything good because of our original sin, how do we explain it when unbelievers do good things? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a worthy conversation Absolutely. to have as we're talking about that. We would remember again that our good works don't count for our salvation because no. they're always tainted by sin. But this mm-hmm. is, you know, the kind of the, the flavor of the month celebrity mm-hmm. theologian of mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago was this guy named Rob Bell. And mm. Rob Bell wrote the book Love Wins. Yeah, that's uh, right. In the introduction to that book, uh, Rob Bell freaks out because of something that happened in his own church. They are mm. having this art exhibit, and uh, one of the exhibits uh, was uh, some sort of picture, and I, I don't fully grasp what it was, of Gandhi. Mm. Uh, and apparently someone from his church or at the exhibit wrote under the exhibit card, but he's still in hell. Mm-hmm. Now... On the one hand, that's really unhelpful. Mm-hmm. That's 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 out of line. That's jerk. you know that's yeah total <laughs> jerk move. Don't do stuff Little like that. Judgmentalism there. Yeah. yeah. Don't do stuff like that. On the other hand, Rob Bell's like really. We can say for sure that Gandhi's in hell. Someone who did so much good is in hell. Mm. And theologically, we're required to say that apart from the grace of God in Christ Jesus, if Gandhi did not before his death come to repentance, come to faith Mm -hmm. in Christ, yes, he is in hell. But that is what kind of sent Rob Bell off the deep end. So what do we do about unbelievers who do good things and, in fact, who often do better things than many people in the church are doing. And it's understanding that vertical slash horizontal aspect of righteousness that, yes, that our depravity doesn't mean that we can't do good things toward other people, and that's that horizontal goodness, Mm -hmm. let's just say, uh, that we can do toward each other, but that has absolutely no merit toward salvation in Christ Jesus. We can be the the greatest... um, giver to various charities and the most gracious person in the world. But if we have not mm-hmm. been raised to new life in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus, we are not saved. And we remember the standard is perfection. So mm-hmm. even a little bit of sin yep. is enough to condemn us. Yep. Uh, we are not capable because of our sin of analyzing our motives. I mean, how many of us has done an actual nice thing mm-hmm. and immediately thought how awesome we are for doing <laughs> it, right? That is sin. That is yeah. the sin of pride. There's so many things complicating this thing, but one good thing isn't enough to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, swallow up all of the bad we've done, all of the corruption we yeah. face. Yep. And, 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 to the end is you have to confess that if you want to stand before God on judgment day with your own good works, Mm -hmm. God gives you that ability and it is not going to go well for you. Mm -hmm. Or we stand before God on judgment day with the works of Christ in our place and he saves us and he welcomes us into eternity. Mm -hmm. I know, unfortunately, I think even Christian people give in to the doctrine of karma Yep. Mm-hmm. versus the doctrine of justification by grace through faith alone. Or yeah. the doctrine of as long as the good outweighs the bad, then Which, I'm all in right a sense if is I'm karma. getting a C yeah. plus. Mm-hmm. Or the doctrine C as long plus. as I'm better than that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm on, in the top 51%, 
then I'll get in. But uh, as Jesus said, you know, if your righteousness doesn't exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, but what it really comes down to, unless you live like Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, which none of us can, um, we are all lost. And all of us then are in need of a Savior. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, we'll close with a good scripture that reminds us of our sin, but also reminds us of the gracious forgiveness of Christ Jesus. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love those words. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his truth is not in us. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 2 of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week. 